Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. JC, my man, it's time of the year. It's finally back. We are back. Officially, it's official. The preseason is still right in front of us, but the main stage and the Lakers regular season is straight ahead here on the Ethos Lakers podcast. JC, it is an amazing time to be a Lakers follower, a Lakers fan, someone who is involved with this team. This team is as deep as the first pool that I ever tried to swim in, or at least that's how I perceived it as a child. And now the expectations around this team are pretty much title or bust, which is quite a different narrative from a club that started just two and 10 last season and looked completely disconnected. That's a lot of things I just threw at you, man. How are you going to handle all that? It's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot to handle. It's a lot to be excited about. And it's, it's definitely a stark contrast from the last couple of years in which there's a lot of questions about the roster and, Maybe you feel good about the roster. Maybe you don't. Um, yeah, I feel, you know, now that the preseason has, has, it hasn't come and gone. There's still a couple more preseason games. But the the questions about the roster are starting to come out a little bit. But it, it feels like nitpicking at this point because it feels like a really complete roster. It really feels like a team that is put together in a very specific and methodical fashion. A team that is designed to really not just highlight LeBron James, but also make his life easier as it should be, given he is in his 21st season. It's just crazy to think about the company that he keeps going into the season and how far he's going to outproduce all of them during that same period of time. And you sit here and you have this club that is legitimately two players deep at each position, maybe three at some and you kind of wonder who's going to get squeezed instead of who's going to step up. JC, as you said, there's been a handful of preseason games. For me, the most impressive thing so far, we'll get into player-specific items, a short period here. We have a lot to go through for our audience, for our listeners. If you're just coming back to us in the season's focus, we appreciate you. Keep it locked. We'll be here as the Lakers are expected to be around for a long time this season. Most impressive thing, obviously, to anyone who you know has been watching, has been the Lakers' ability to shoot the three-point shot. I said I said to somebody yesterday, I said, hey, it's the first time in 456 years the Lakers have had a team that can actually shoot the three ball. Not that that can in terms of they're willing to. I mean that can in terms of they actually make three-pointers. That has been phenomenal. 
Yeah, it's been it's been really great to see. Anthony Davis has improved. Like his his I think is kind of the people are gonna be kind of most excited about, but I do kind of temper that one a little bit because he was historically bad at shooting threes last season, so he can only improve this season. But uh he does seem more confident in it. Now of course that could be that could change because the the idea at the beginning of last season was for him to shoot a lot of threes and he ended up being bad at it. And you saw that confidence waver throughout the year. But this year, I think if the rest of his teammates are shooting threes, that's going to help bolster his, his confidence as well. So, cause it wasn't just him that was bad at shooting threes at the beginning of last year. It was the whole team. And so that I'm sure that negatively affected his confidence, whereas it's different this year. Listen, I think that Anthony Davis will get better looks by default this year. But I think you could say that about any Laker, given the roster that they're expected to throw out there on any given night. But I'm, I'm going to be a skeptic in that camp until I'm proven otherwise. And I think there's quite a few who might join me on that side of the table. And I mean, look, understandably so. Anthony Davis is 30 percent from the arc for his career with more seasons below the line than above it. And especially given what we saw last year. Yeah, it looks a little better in the preseason, but. I just I don't know that I need Anthony Davis shooting threes for this team either. I want to see how this offense continues to evolve. I want to see how they can continue to come together. And I want to see just how it flows, you know, especially given that everybody else who's expected to be in the starting lineup, JC, and this is going to be one of our first things that we talk about here, is capable of shooting the three-point shot. And the starting lineup, and I say everyone who's expected to be in there, it sure seems like Torian Prince has an inside track to that being that, that starting small forward or that fifth person on the floor, however you prefer to phrase that. And I'm curious if you get in the same read and if that's and if that's the case, what you think about that fit in the first five. I like it in the sense that that Torian Prince has he's he's one of the players who's been who's been hitting his threes. And I kind of liken him to Troy Brown last year. Troy Brown uh, last year was pretty good at at hitting timely threes and giving you timely baskets, but he wasn't the most impactful and didn't end up playing the most minutes. And I think what's going to be really important for that fifth starter on this team is that the fifth starter is not going to be whoever finishes games because Rui seems really confident and really happy coming off the bench, and he's obviously going to be one of the players come crunch time that's going to be getting the minutes. I was reminded recently about how Torian Prince was actually the player during the NCAA tournament who challenged the reporter in terms of the question he had. And it was about rebounds. It was this whole viral moment. And I couldn't believe how long ago that was and how long Torian Prince has been in the NBA. But he's always been a player that I've just been sort of interested in, for lack of a better way to phrase it. I've always thought he could be a potential fit, right? kind of in terms of what this Lakers team has needed, not just going into this season, but also into seasons past, just sort of fits a, a very specific profile. Same reason I wanted like a Jay Crowder, that kind of player. Wesley Matthews, probably earlier in his career. You know, these these are all kind of similar players dancing around the same flame, not quite the same fire with Wesley Matthews, but similar enough for me. And I think that with Torian Prince, what I like about him in the first five 
is that he's a guy capable of making his own shot, but he's not a guy who's going to be looking for his own shot. And given the amount of offense that's already pertinent in terms of, you know, LeBron, AD, Reeves, D'Angelo, right? I, I like that more than a Rui, let's say. Some might argue that Jared Vanderbilt is a player who could fit that that same mold. And it's and that's definitely the case. But, you know, Vando has been sitting out with his mysterious Achilles type of soreness or precautionary rest for potential soreness. I don't know. It's been been very odd how the team has been describing it. But regardless, I think that Prince was brought in here to play a very specific role. I think it makes sense for him to be with the first five. And, you know, the, my, my bigger question, JC, it, about the first five, to be honest with you, and really about the whole team is not the offense, but it's going to be who's going to step up and play defense besides Anthony Davis because Lakers might score a lot of points, but right now they look like a team that's also poised to give up a lot of points. Yeah, it seemed like the philosophies of the first unit, second unit was going to be basically almost flipping a switch from offense to defense, but D'Angelo's defense has improved, and he's talked about how specifically he he sought to improve that. Um, I think, and I still think it's – you know, it's going to be up to the second unit to kind of hang their hat on defense, which is where Vando would be more valuable in that second unit. And so would Rui, um, you know, and Christian Wood as well. And so, yeah, I think I think the defense on the the starting unit is going to be a little bit better. And plus, Anthony Davis is going to be, you know, he's always a potential candidate for defensive player of the year. And so I think there's a good amount of defense in that first unit while focusing on offense and I think most of the second unit is going to going to focusing be focusing on defense, especially when, as Darvin Ham, hopefully gets away from from his philosophy of having three guards. If he's going to stagger Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell with second unit guys, I think I think D'Lo should be staggered with Gabe Vincent, and I think Austin should be staggered with Max Chris, Max Christie because Max Christie is going to be able to to help Austin on defense a lot. You didn't even know how beautiful of a segue that was, but it was it was literally perfect because I want to talk about Max Christie. I want to talk about Max Christie in terms of, A, Max Christie needs to be in the rotation. I want to talk about, B, Max Christie definitely needs to be in the rotation. Cam Reddish does not, JC. Cam Reddish has, in his very limited preseason action, has looked absolutely abhorrent. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but he just, I mean, ugh, I, I, it was, it was, it's been awful. And Max Christie in, in his what will be his second year looks like the kind of player who not only expects himself to be out there, but often looks the part to everybody else and, and surprises everybody around him in a very good way. And there is there is something happening with Max Christie, and I'm not sure that it's going to be fully realized in this moment or you know even in this season possibly, but Max Christie has has the makings of somebody who could be a special player in this league, JC. Yeah, and I and like to to my mind, I can't think of anything specific that I that I've noticed or that's popped when he's been playing next to D'Angelo Russell. But when he plays next to Austin Reeves, he does seem to elevate a little bit. And I don't really know why it's that way versus the other, but that's kind of why I mentioned that pairing with him and with him and Austin Reeves. But yeah, I think in that second unit, he'll definitely have a lot of op- options and, and a lot of time to shine. It will be, you know, the Lakers are going to be a team that I think the expectation is, you know, at least, at least 55, 57, some for some even 60 wins, right? So basically three out of every four games, the Lakers are more or less going to be expected to win. That's, 
that's not easy, right? That's that's why teams don't necessarily do that uh, as frequently as some might expect them to do. And so I, I wonder in terms of what in keeping this team fresh, right? I mean, Darvin Ham has spoken to some extent about you know what the plan will be for LeBron James in certain instances, and obviously he's, for lack of a better word, he's the outlier on this team, right? He's the old man, and. Anthony Davis, right, unfortunately, and, you know, as we've experienced, has never been the harbinger of health himself. So I'm sure we'll get some of that, too. So uh, the depth should have every opportunity to shine through on any given night. But there will be some nights where, you know, Lakers might take a step backwards as a team. And I wonder in those moments, you know, it's going to be very easy to second guess Darvin Ham. It's going to be very easy to second guess uh, rotation decisions, all of that sort of stuff, and how that may impact this club, if it will impact the club. So far, it's been, I mean, it's its like kismet, right? Everybody's in a great mood. The chemistry and camaraderie really seems to be present, even amongst the guys who, you know, not just haven't been there, like Gabe Vincent, you know, a, a guy like that who just joined the team, but even a guy like like Castleton, right? Like a G League two, two-way kind of guy, Hodge, all, all those kind of guys, even they feel like, they're in on on this so it's a very good vibe and it's a lot different than how the Lakers started last year so you can't complain about that but I do think you know when you start on that kind of note it's it's always uh worth considering how any level of you know consternation or controversy might be met and expressed when it is experienced as the game starts to count yeah I think I think Lakers fans need to to kind of have some perspective about over what the last two to three seasons have, have felt like. And I think the most important thing is that they have Lakers, a good start. You want Lakers fans to have perspective, Jason? <laughs> yeah. You mean in the uh, moment perspective and be, and, and actually, you know, not be reactive. I don't know, man, that might be a tall task for some. Yeah. But like Doris Burke uh, hit the nail on the head last night where she talked about how last season they started off two and 10 and it basically then felt like the entire season was an uphill climb which is why LeBron had to end up playing so many minutes, I think. Um, so that's kind of where I, I say Lakers fans need to have perspectives. And, and I think if the Lakers can get off to a good start, then they can afford to, you know, have, have that rest for guys like LeBron and AD. And, you know, it, you know, the objective is to obviously win as many games as you can, but I think given, given how much of an uphill climb it is to get into the play in, if that's, if that's, where you're at in the standings, if you can be above the play-in in the standings, if you can consistently be between a four and a six seed uh, throughout the season, and then maybe make a late push to 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 go for a four or a three seed, I think that's the 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 perfect sweet spot for the Lakers. It'd be great, obviously. You know, if they could win the West, that's fine. You always want to win as many games as you can, um, but that's. You know that's a mar- that's sprinting throughout the for an entire marathon. I think if the Lakers can keep pace between six and four for two thirds of the season, then they can begin to make that playoff push, similar to the way they have last year. But instead of a playoff push to get into the playoffs, they can be making a playoff push to hit their stride as the playoffs begin. JC, if the Lakers are going to make the playoff push that they expect to make, D'Angelo Russell although they didn't invest a ton of money or a ton of years into D'Angelo Russell right now. And he himself has said, look, he's trying to get another bag. He's not trying to play on these one- to two-year deals. D'Angelo Russell is going to be essential for this Lakers team to reach what I feel 
and many feel and you feel and we all feel we all scream for ice cream right what everybody feels is the ultimate potential for this lakers team in terms of its ceiling in the preseason you know d'angelo was averaging about 15 and a half points and you know around six seven assists a game and you know that's more or less you know what we've I don't want to say come to expect because not has not been the case entirely throughout his career, but more or less, I think that's, that's a realistic expectation. Look at D'Angelo Russell can average, you know, 16 points and seven assists for this Lakers team. I think something has, has gone very, very right, very, very early, but the most noteworthy thing for me, JC, in terms of D'Angelo Russell is always going to be how his three point shooting goes, because when it's not going well, it really does impact his, his game. I feel like, and two, how many turnovers he's experiencing in the pursuit of sort of his own greatness here. He has been electric from the three-point line in the preseason, 10 of 17, better than 50%. And in terms of the turnovers, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see fewer, but he's only averaging two per contest thus far. If D'Angelo Russell is going to be an elite three-point shooter, elite 40 plus percent three-point shooter for the Lakers, and he's going to be able to carry an assist to turnover ratio of four to one the Lakers are going to be in a marvelous position as a team. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, like I, t- like I talked about the defense earlier, he's talked about his defense uh, earlier as well. Um, the, I think he's he's in a mature enough place to where I think he'll be able to power through any kind of – because, you know, a season long, he's going to have a stretch in which he's not shooting very well. And how – He's an old 27. He's an yeah. old 27. And I don't mean that as a, as a, as a dig. I mean that in terms of the old soul. Like I, I, I looked it up and I said, I said to myself, I can't believe he's only 27. Yeah. Like to, to watch him in interviews and to like watch him lead the team in huddles and things like that. Like there's a very, there's a very calm, like, and, and you know, that was sort of his thing last year. And then I appreciated is sort of how relaxed he is, but it's it's even more common relaxed this year. Like the game has slowed way way down for him. This is not the D'Angelo Russell who engaged in the buffoonery with Nick Young that unraveled that Lakers team and that dynamic. Right. This is a very different version of D'Angelo Russell. You know, husband, father, uh, NBA veteran, mentor, all the things that D'Angelo Russell has become. It's really it is a credit to him. And you know, I was. At the time D'Lo was reacquired by the Lakers, you know, I've, I kind of liked it more for the nostalgia than anything than in terms of the basketball fit or anything, you know, in terms of really tangible to the team besides, you know, the fan nostalgia. But it's really been enjoyable seeing him come back to the team, uh, struggle, experience success, wind up staying with a short-term extension. And, you know, who knows what the future holds. But, you know, it has been, really been enjoyable watching D'Angelo Russell going through what I feel like is a – a rebirth and growing up process, you know, with the Lakers for a second stint. So it, it I, I, but I do think he'll be, he's just so important to what the Lakers are going to do. I know that the Gabe Vincent signing was at least in part, no matter what part it was, but at least in part motivated by just, you know, D'Angelo Russell sort of imploding late in the, in the postseason last year and, and not being the player the Lakers needed him to be, especially with, you know, some of their bigger contributors, obviously, you know, banged up or, or, or tired or both, you know, as everybody is at that point in the NBA season. So, you know, I think for these Lakers, the, the, the defense, I know you, to your point, you know, D'Angelo talked about his improvement, his commitment to it. Andy Davis, obviously Christian Wood, JC, Christian Wood. He's for me, he's had a really weird preseason because 
when he was first out there, I was I was really unimpressed. He looked slow. Mm-hmm. He he looked out of shape. He looked not fat, but you know, not 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 fit either. And he just like no second efforts, nothing like that. But you know, three four games in, it, it feels like something has clicked. And I don't know if he just needed literally a game or two to warm it up, like some guys just need, or if somebody pulled him aside and said, you know, get your shit together, man. Like what is going on? Because he had all he had all off season to prepare for this. Everybody knew he was going to wind up here. He's going to have an opportunity if he plays well. But if he doesn't commit at that side of the floor, he's not going to play. No, and and I'm glad you brought him up because he he's one of the ones where yeah, at the, the beginning he did look out of shape, but and he still sort of looks a little out of shape as he's getting his way back into it. But one thing that I'm encouraged by, like for a guy who's had as many character question marks as he's had, what what I see despite him looking out of shape, I I see a good effort from a very motivated player, which I think is an extremely positive sign. And yeah, I'm all, yeah, yeah, and I'm also positive that that, or I'm also happy to see that that Darvin Ham is is embracing the Twin Tower approach because I think one thing we saw last year versus Denver when you can put another center, even if that center is smaller than Anthony Davis, if you can just basically put Anthony Davis in a position to where he's a four like he wants to be, and he can free roam on defense a little bit, then the then the paint is is impenetrable. And between him and Christian Wood, I think they're both able to protect the paint that way. Do you think at all, I, 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 and there's really kind of the last couple of games that I've watched him, I've, I've, I've had this thought. Do you think at all that Christian Wood has a little bit of like DeMarcus Cousins in his game in terms of like how he moves on the floor? A little bit. Like like DeMarcus Cousins. Um, like some of his like, movements are like more, or not slow, but slower or more you know, more uh, fundamental than like reactive, if that makes sense. Like he, you could tell he thinks about what he's going to do before the movement occurs. Yeah. And like, I've, I've seen DeMarcus Cousins be confused when people like call him uh, a rim protector. And I think, I think oh, he thinks God, that man. when, yeah, I think he thinks that when, when someone says rim protector to him, he thinks of somebody who can sky and block shots the way Kenny Martin used to. But that's yeah, that's not the way he's a, he's a, an effective rim protector. He's a, an effective rim protector in that he can stop penetration. He can block shots. He's just not you know he's not going to jump up to the top of the, the the backboard to get there. It's like when somebody calls Rajon Rondo a good defender in his prime because he had a lot of steals, right? I mean, yeah. he he gambled a lot, and that's why he had a lot of steals and a lot of blown coverages. But there's no popular stat for that that's fantasy related, so he gets a little less coverage. And you know, with Wood, I I think you know there was. I think there's also some thought, right, whether it's it's really a debate internally within the Lakers. Obviously, I, I don't know at this point, but there I think there was some thought about having him start in alongside Anthony Davis, right, in the starting lineup. So Anthony Davis doesn't have to play the five as much, air quotes, in terms of, you know, the optics of it anyway. But I, but I do think if you bring, man, if you can bring Rui, Vanderbilt, Christian Wood, Gabe Vincent, you bring Max Christie, you bring all those guys off the bench, JC. That's that's a starting line. That's better than the Wizards' first five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Washington fans. It's going <laughs> to be a long year for you. Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and a bucket of rainwater is basically what you got going on over there. Ah, it's it's really I don't know. I have I have a student who, you know, we have a we have a, a friendly little Friendly little wager on the Wizards, and I said over under 35 wins, and he took the over. I said, I think you're going to wind up owing me some work, sir. 
So yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, it is what it is. But in terms of the Lakers, man, Christian Wood is important. Obviously, Danzo Russell is important. For me, there's one other guy who I think is going to be. I don't want to say of critical import to this team, but you know, I think he could win Sixth Man of the Year, so he might be of critical import to this team. And that's obviously going without saying LeBron and AD, right? But it's Rui. You know it's going to be Rui. Of course it's going to be Rui. Austin Reeves got the contract. He's on Team USA. We all know it's a different Austin Reeves. I don't I want to keep talking about Austin Reeves. He's got his shine. Let's talk about Rui, man. Sixth man of the year campaign incoming. He looks like the player the Lakers had in the playoffs. They paid him to be that player. And he looks poised to pick back up on that energy and improve upon it. The best thing I heard at media day was about him training with LeBron all summer. That was like, oh, my God. That was like laying a buffet in front of me after a Yom Kippur fast, JC. That was just feeding the masses right there. Yeah, I've been been really impressed with him. Uh, they even talked about that last night, how – like I don't I don't know what people thought of him in his career when he was in Washington. Like since he was in college, I've always been intrigued by him, and I always thought Washington was a terrible fit. And so, yeah, like you'll remember from day one, I was excited about the trade for Rui, and and it only, you know, that only seems to be validated every day. This summer, having trained with LeBron, he's looking a lot better. Um, plus, you know, he's he's one of those guys that he he elevated his game so much in the playoffs, which he'd never been in the playoffs before, and so. If he can do that again this season, like play really well during the regular season. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I think, is another guy that he elevates his play during the playoffs. Like there are guys who are playoff gamers and there are guys who are not. And so Rui proved himself to be one last year. But, yeah, I think I think he'll improve a little bit in the regular season, too, from last season. It's really exciting to see this Lakers team together. The 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 new additions, obviously, Gabe – Gabe Vincent's signing surprised everybody. Like, there isn't a single person that has expressed some level of take, like, oh, yeah, I knew that that was going to happen. Like, literally nobody, right? And so that's the only signing that I really can sit here and say, man, I, I did not see that coming in any way, shape, or form. But I really think Vincent is going to be just solid for this Lakers team. He's just such a he's a he's a solid pro. He's it's a it's a homecoming. You know he he's going to have a real role in this team. And you know the ability for different guys to be the star or stars on any given night as well. I think it's just really going to benefit this team over the course of a long season. The the biggest question for me, I mean, I'll just keep harping on it is not the offense, it's the defense. Because, yes, if the Lakers, I mean, Lakers can shoot the three, but if they're going to score 45, 50-plus points from three and win, or lose, win games by four points or lose games by ten, that that is going to be an exhausting season for a lot of Lakers fans expecting a lot more than that. Yeah, if they're, yeah, giving up three-pointers continues to kind of be a problem, which is going to be a problem when you're playing against like the Warriors and the Nuggets and things like that. So they've they've got to tamper that down. But yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, I mean, we'll. I I think that the most exciting thing is, even though LeBron is still out in front, even though LeBron is still leading the charge, even though so much of the narrative is a, is still LeBron centric the Lakers are starting to form an identity in what could be LeBron's last season 
that extends beyond LeBron James. And I think that is also really important for this club because that is the most immediate reality they're going to face. That is why Anthony Davis and the Lakers uh, came together to make that extension happen this summer. And, I, you know, no matter what the result of this campaign is, it would not be surprising if this was LeBron's final year. But nobody is currently talking about that. And so long as the Lakers continue to have team-based success through that newly forming identity, I, I think that will also be good to help stave off any potential distraction. Yeah, and and I think, and I, and I think as that they'll spend time to develop some of the, some of the younger guys too to to kind of show him that the future is bright, despite. You know, I know he's he's sort of been against joining teams that have so many rookies and so many young guys, but I think with the I'm gonna keep calling them the, the baby Lakers all year, like JHS and Castleton and and Maxwell Lewis and Fudge and Hodge. I I think that is a great future nucleus. Like JHS may not be or Fino, I think is what they're going with this for for a nickname. He he might not be impre- impre- impressing anybody with his shooting. Um, but he's a point guard through and through, and he's he's a good passer. He's a good defender. He go, goes after rebounds. I think he's going to end up being a really good good pro in the future. Maxwell Lewis, I like his energy. He's just one of those, he, like a Gerald Green. He's just like a the guy is going to give you highlights night in and night out, and just give you a good effort. And I think there's a lot of potential for Castleton to be uh, to be good. I think that the LeBron, the LeBron. I think that LeBron has re-extended his his trust and his endorsement to Rob Palenka following the whole Russell Westbrook tenure, despite the fact of whatever role LeBron himself played in the recruitment and, you know, execution of that deal initially to bring Russ over. Um, and I'm so happy for Russ that he has found such a strong connection with the Clippers. It's very interesting to me how it, it just works there and it just didn't with the Lakers. I just think that's so interesting, but I'm so happy for him. Anyhow, I think that, you know, Palinka has re-earned that trust, even if it wasn't really something he should have had to re-earn in the, in the process. Um, and now LeBron is really going to be more about his, his timeline, man. I mean, he's, he's got the scoring record. You know, he's not going to have the titles record no matter what he does, obviously, right? And so he's going to have to decide what it is that he is going to continue playing for beyond the love of the game if he needs something beyond that, right? That's really what it's going to be dictated by no matter what the Lakers do or don't do. I mean, I mean, LeBron, this is, this is his entire life is basketball. And even when in retirement, it will be basketball. So, you know, it's really a matter of what he will, will want to do. And, and, you know, you can make arguments anyway, right? Like, let's say the Lakers do win the title. Oh, he's got to come back, right? You can't just, you got come on, let's do it again. Or if they win, you know, you could easily say the other direction. That's it. Let's do it now. And if they fall short, oh, you can't leave that way. Or, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, don't, don't do it again. Like, so it's, there's no, there's no sit here and predicting what it's going to be, but ultimately it's just another reason to watch the Lakers this season, JC. And I think that's the really, the, the coolest thing about this team is there's so many reasons to watch this group together and it's going to be electric from the opening tip in terms of the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I can't wait.
Can't wait, man. Can't wait. So with that, we'll be back with you guys early and often, solo, together, make it happen because we all got to be in it together this year. Any final words for you, JC? Um, nope. Just can't wait for the season. <laughs> can't wait to get it started. Peace and love to everybody. That's the only way we prosper. Appreciate y'all. Look forward to future episodes. And until then, be out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.